BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Nina Kim. Coming up on Forum, you might be tapping Ask App Not to Track when that window pops up on your iPhone or hailing Google's promise to disable tracking technology on its Chrome browser, making it harder for advertisers and other third-party companies to monitor your online activities. But now another form of digital tracking is on the rise, first-party tracking. We'll learn more. Then... Questions and confusion have engulfed Twitter since Elon Musk became the company's largest individual shareholder. Will the multi-billionaire and self-described free speech absolutist affect the way you use the social media platform? Forum is next, after this news. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Consumer privacy advocates praised Apple and Google last year when they took steps to stop advertisers and other third-party companies from tracking users' online behavior. Apple introduced new privacy settings for its iPhone and other devices. Google announced plans to block digital tracking on its Chrome browser by next year. But as the New York Times' Brian X. Chen writes... Another form of digital tracking is now on the rise in response by TikTok, Amazon, and Google itself, companies that have massive amounts of information about our searches, buying habits, locations, and more. It's known as first-party tracking. And Brian Chen joins me now. Hi, Brian. Hey, Mina. So your piece focuses on the shift in the way companies are tracking our online behavior to a practice known as first-party tracking. But before we get into what that is, could you just first remind us what that practice is replacing, what third-party tracking is? Sure. Would it help if I use an analogy? Please. So, um, I mean, it gets kind of technical and complicated. So um, using the analogy of going to a brick-and-mortar store, like let's say you go to a store like a shoe store and you look at a brown pair of shoes. You leave the store, but when you leave the store, there's a flyer attached to you of that brown pair of shoes. Then you go to another store and you look at a blender. You leave that store and you have the flyers of the shoes and the blender attached to you. And this goes on and on and on for a while. You have all these flyers attached to you. And this information is being used to serve you very specific ads about these shoes and blenders. And whenever you like just tying it back to the digital world now, like whenever you browse these websites and use apps, they all know that you like brown shoes and blenders and data is being basically passed around about you from site to site and app to app to follow you. And that is basically how third party tracking works in a nutshell. Yeah, I like that analogy a lot. (laughs) And we've also just come to understand, though, that this kind of tracking can be really invasive with really sometimes negative consequences. Definitely. We've come to learn all of these things from some terrible examples. Um, can you just give us some sense of some of the experiences that have made people more aware of the lack of privacy that they have when they're online? 
Yeah, I think the really basic example is like so many of us have had the experience where, you know, we're, we're talking to somebody on the couch and we're saying like, huh, I'd really like to buy a mattress one day or you're, you're just talking about something random, you know, and then suddenly you're looking at your phone and you see an ad that's really exa exactly what you were just talking about. And for the longest time, people thought like, oh, maybe our phones are eavesdropping on what we're saying. They're using our microphones, you know, but in reality, it was just tracking technologies. Like whenever you did a web search for something, whenever you clicked on an article and showed interest in something, there were tiny pieces of technology implanted in, in websites and apps that knew that you were interested in, in these things. And that's why you were getting very specific ads. So I think people found that to be really creepy over the past few years. Yeah. And then there are also just real reasons like safety reasons and others for mm -hmm. people just to be anonymous online. And it's just so hard to keep that anonymity and then <laughs> and anonymity. But <laughs> I guess it does sound like at least Apple and Google took some interest. They They saw some maybe public pressure and also saw a business opportunity in terms of taking action against third party tracking. Can you just remind us about some of those steps they took? Yeah, so basically last year, Apple issued a software update where when you install a new app, they ask you for permission. Can I track you? Can I not track you? And most people have said no to that question. About 90% of people in the United States have answered, the, answered no to that question. Google is in the process of making this change with its Chrome browser. So next year, it says that Chrome is going to be blocking third-party tracking cookies by default, and that's going to prevent websites from doing the track tracking I was talking about. Uh, basically, you know, cookies are basically just flyers I was talking about, you right. know, so um, that's what's happening. And it's it's going to be really the end of third party tracking by next year is, is what people are saying. But even some of these initial steps really have had an impact. It sounds like the barriers to third-party tracking, as you write about in your New York Times piece, is creating this shift to first-party tracking. So, so now tell us, what is that? What is first-party tracking? Okay, so now I have another analogy. So um, <laughs> let's say you walk into a store and you're buying painting supplies. So this store knows that you, Mina, a lady who lives in the Bay Area, likes painting supplies. And this store can gather information about its customers and share it with businesses like a painting supply store that might want to post a flyer inside the store to advertise, you know, so they're logging information about their own customers and it's, it stays siloed within the store. The flyers stay within the store and it's not being passed between multiple parties. It's not, that information is not being shared with, with another store basically. So when you look at TikTok, um, they're using information that they've collected about you and the videos you're watching. And they're sharing that with advertisers who might want to serve advertisements to you based on the videos you're watching on TikTok, if that all makes sense. Yeah. So so basically, the the companies that are basically the, the painting supply store or whatever that I go mm -hmm. to, right, are that have an advantage in this are the people who have a lot of people coming to them have amassed a ton of data. So we're talking about TikTok, we're talking about Pinterest, Amazon, mm -hmm. uh, Google, uh, all of those <laughs> entities. So so are you saying now that that people advertisers, people who are interested in in trying to, you know, get in front of and targeted um, ads and other things that they're having to move toward these massive 
powerful companies. Yeah. So in the past, people were using third-party tracking, and they're paying way less money to show you advertisements. Now they basically have to go to each of these different websites and apps and say, hey, I want to advertise in your store or your app. I'm going to pay you this amount of money to advertise just to your customers using your data. And as a result, businesses have to pay more for advertising. Uh, you know, If they're going all cart, Instead of going across the web, you know, they're choosing Facebook, they're choosing TikTok, they're choosing Snapchat one at a time. Um, and in, in the end, you know, businesses spend more and that leads to prices, sorry, prices often going up for products that we buy on the Internet. I can get more into that later, but um, that's basically what people are doing now. Yeah, so you did have a couple of examples in your piece of people who are spending more a month to advertise, say, through Google, because they have so much information on us through our searches and mm -hmm. everything, and uh, and other people who are actually finding that advertising, say, on Facebook isn't as big a bang for their buck because of the, because of the efforts to block third-party tracking. So it's working. It's having right. an effect. And to be clear with Facebook, of course, Facebook has so much information on its users. It has so much first-party data already. But they were relying so heavily on third-party tracking. Basically, any website that had that like button, the Facebook like button, was logging your information, and that was being used across different sites for third-party tracking. Now that's being blocked. Um, so Facebook relied so heavily on that. That's why they're losing money right now. But they're shifting to the use of first-party tracking. And they're taking some time to do that, but they expect to make more money from all of this in the long run. So Facebook is going to be fine. Yeah. So even though they were freaking out initially about the loss or the, the clamping down on third-party tracking, mm -hmm. in short order, you're saying they'll capitalize on this move to first-party tracking. Yeah, it's already that. happening. I mean, it's, it's probably going to happen within a year. I see. We're talking with Brian Chen, personal tech columnist for The New York Times. His recent piece is You're Still Being Tracked on the Internet, just in a different way. And you, our listeners, can join the conversation if you have questions about what Brian is talking about, but also if you just want to talk about if you notice you're being tracked online and how much that matters to you. I'd also be really curious if you're uh, an advertiser or a small business owner who has been moving toward these first party entities, these first party trackers like Google and so on uh, to do your advertising as a result of these efforts to try to clamp down on third party tracking. 866-733-6786 is the number. 866-733-6786 if you want to join the conversation. You can also reach us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram or at KQED Forum. And you can email us forum at kqed.org. I asked this question about, you know, whether people care, because I think you even posed this question a year ago when you were like, mm -hmm. you know, would, would people want to be tracked online for the sake of seeing more relevant digital ads? <laughs> like, are mm -hmm. there a lot of people who don't really care about being tracked, right? Um, or is basically, I think in many ways, Apple has bet on the fact that people will care about privacy, and that's why they invested so much in their devices as a business decision, right? Are we seeing that really people do not want, they want to protect their online privacy. They do not want to be tracked for more relevant ads. I, I think generally, um, it, it's fair to say people broadly have decided they, they're really concerned about privacy. And, and a lot of this has to do with, you know, the, the events of the past five years, you know, like Cambridge Analytica and Facebook, even though that didn't really have much to do with advertising tracking, 
it, it created a lot of concern about digital privacy. And then we saw some regulations enacted by Europe uh, when it came to data privacy. But uh, yes, I, I think like in, in general, consumers are concerned, like what's what's being done with their data? You know, like, like what exactly is being shared with others that I'm not aware of, you know? And there's a general concern about, um, you know, big powerful tech companies, the data they're collecting and what that, it, what that data is being used for at the end of the day. Well, Charles writes, I have had multiple experiences myself and with friends where Alexa and other automated technologies have proceeded to order items from Amazon <laughs> after just being mentioned in conversation. Super creepy and nothing was said about Alexa or Amazon when discussing the items that were immediately purchased on Amazon. Mm. They do seem to be listening all the time with activated microphones. You made the point about them being that them about them listening all the time, but do they just go ahead and make purchases? Can you <laughs> um, is that a setting? <laughs> no, I, I think that's probably an accident. You know, like maybe the speaker thought you said Alexa and it, it triggered uh the speaker somehow to order something on Amazon. I mean it, it's it's hard to say, but um you know in, in general our, our phones are not using our microphones to to listen to what we're saying in order to service advertising because there are much more easy ways to track you and it's using cookies like i said using that flyer analogy it's what people have been doing for a long time you know it's very cheap and easy to do so we'll have more about the way we're being tracked online with brian chen after the break you're listening to forum i'm mina kim Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking about the new ways we're being tracked online as tech companies introduce ways to reduce third-party tracking with Brian X. Chen, a personal tech columnist at the New York Times. And you, our listeners, are joining to share your experiences of being tracked online and how much it bothers you um, and whether or not this effort to move away from third-party tracking has affected you. 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. Reach us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at KQED Forum. Email us, forum at kqed.org. And let me go to Arkana in Foster City. Hi, Arkana. Hi, can you hear me? I am. And am I saying your name right there? It's Arshana. Arshana. <laughs> Thank you, Arshana. So what's your question? <laughs> okay, so my question was, I was wondering if um, one can evade this first party tracking if we avoid sort of these big websites like Google, Facebook, um, if not, like, are there any other ways to evade first-party tracking at all? Mm, thanks, Arshana. Brian? The short answer is, I mean, you know, short of not using those sites, there's no real way to avoid it. And, 
it's basically a transaction of information. Like, you know, let's say you use a maps application and you're searching for a Chinese restaurant or, you know, like let's say a painting supply store again, because I have a lack of examples here. <laughs> but, um, you know, like now this maps application knows that you like Chinese food and painting and they're going to use that information to share with advertisers that, you know, I have a person who likes, you know, painting and, <clears throat> And so on, but um, that, it's kind of considered a fair exchange because you use that maps application to find the store, you know. And at the end of the day, I think we have to ask ourselves a question like, like what are we willing to give up in order to use a service, like in terms of our information, you know, like what are we getting back? Like what is a fair exchange with first-party tracking? People consider it to be a more fair transaction, like you're giving up information in, in order to get a, a service. Um, with third-party tracking, you're kind of giving information without any sort of permission, and people are tracking you all over the web to, to serve you ads, even if they were not relevant to the service they provided, if that makes sense. So it's kind of frowned upon these days. Is that why some first-party trackers basically say that users are giving consent for this? Um, yes, because oftentimes when you use a site, you know, you, you click on a term, terms of service agreement, you, you know, you voluntarily input information that you're sharing, like in a maps application, um, to use the service. So you are, you know, you're actually saying that, like, you're actually manually inputting information into this service that is being used to track you and, and potentially serve you advertising. So in some ways, like you're aware of it because you actually input it, if, if, that, if that makes sense. But from a consumer privacy standpoint, is there anything better about this situation, a shift towards being tracked by first parties as opposed to third parties? In general, it's definitely less invasive first party tracking than third party tracking. And basically, third party tracking was like, you know, you're, you're being tracked everywhere you go on the Internet. Um, you, you don't know about it. It's invisible. It's covertly happening. Um, you're basically being targeted with ads based on stuff that you're doing on the web and you have no control over it. With first party tracking, it's like, well, I'm entering this website. I know that I'm sharing this information with this website. If I happen to get ads related to the information I'm sharing, it's a bit less surprising. It's a bit less creepy. You know, it, it's, it's, it seems less invasive. I think people would agree. Well, Google has said essentially that it would provide advertisers or other entities interested in its database of massive amounts of information about us um, in ways that are less invasive, to use the word that we've been using to describe some of these practices, like maybe less identifiable, making us less identifiable and so on. Can you just talk a, a little bit about how, what they would do for people who are buying their first party tracking services? Um, so far with first party data, and this is something that Google has been doing for a while, like, you know, they're, they're using like local services. So um, let's say that you're using Google search and you want to find a cleaning company to clean your house. Um, advertisers can pay Google to show their cleaning company only to people who live in the area who are searching for cleaning companies. So it's using localized data, like your, your location. You know, um, that's a pretty basic example of first party data that Google has collected, if that makes sense. Well, this listener writes, I'm always paranoid about going on sites like WebMD when I have a medical question. Is there any chance the medical condition I'm searching for could somehow be attached to me and disclosed? 
And that is definitely a great question because it, it goes back to the earlier conversation we had about well, what are some of the privacy concerns of this tracking? It's it's not just you know shoes that you're looking for on the web. Sometimes it's health con- health issues, and if there are websites that are covertly tracking everything that you search for, including your health conditions, you can start getting ads that are related to pretty sensitive things. You know, you can start, you, you could show that somebody, a web search you're, you're looking at, and suddenly it'll show your medical condition through an ad. That's that's not a very good thing. And it's happened to people before. Um, I don't know about WebMD specifically, if they're doing that kind of thing, but, you know, health data in general is something that's more sensitive and definitely one of those, those concerns when it comes to third-party tracking. Well, Ken writes, what impact has DuckDuckGo had on mainstream browsers? What is their future now that tracking seems to be scaled back by competitors? Uh, DuckDuckGo is basically, it's a privacy-oriented search engine. So they were they were using, um, they're, they're competitors to Google, basically. They're a search engine where uh, instead of collecting all this data about you across the web, they're using what you're searching, like, you know, you input something into the search box and... Um, they're allowing advertisers to show advertisements to you based on what you're searching for. It's called contextual advertising. Um, when it comes to browsers, they also offer a browser that blocks this tracking technology that we've been talking about. Um, and it, they're, they're positioned in a way to benefit from everything that we just talked about. The, the move to first-party tracking doesn't really affect DuckDuckGo so much because they've been trying to find ways to offer advertising without relying on third-party tracking for as long as they've existed. So they're part of this movement, this, this shift toward more friendly advertising, if you will. And let me go to more calls. Aqua Q in San Francisco. Hey, how's it going? Well. Um, well, I wanted to mention that on the Android, um, one option we have is to root our devices. Uh, there's currently no way to run a firewall on Apple or Androids, but if you root it, you could do the cool things like uh, block entire Facebook ad net blocks. And uh, an example is GitHub has these net blocks on open source to download, and you could just start blocking entire ad networks, um, you know, because Facebook has your telephone number and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to mention this because I'm thinking about selling rooted Androids on Amazon. I got to look at the terms of service, but um, that's one option for Android users. Hmm. What do you think, Brian? Um, I haven't heard of the option, but yeah, I'm not surprised. And um, there are some pretty extreme tools out there to, you know, block as much as you can. You know, there's, there's, Browsers, for example, that block all advertisements, which uh, also blocks tracking, like Brave, for example. Um, People can use tools that kind of brute force their way into having better privacy. But at the end of the day, um, you know, they're kind of niche examples. Like a lot of mainstream users aren't aware of them. They're not default software, you know. But um, yeah, the stuff is out there and uh, people can try it if they want. What about the use of VPNs as a way to stop people from getting your IP address, things like that? Well, first, can you uh, describe, explain what that is for people who may not know? A VPN, yeah. It's, so a VPN service basically tunnels you into, um, maybe I'll come up with an analogy here again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you connect to the internet, you have a string of digits connected to, like, that are, you know, 
related to your device, a string of numbers, that's your IP address. Um, and when you use the internet, when you load a website, um, your internet uh, provider knows that that string of numbers is looking at this website. Um, if you wanted to hide that, you know, you could tunnel into somebody else's server, you know, somebody else's computer connected to the internet. That's basically what's happening and get a new string of numbers and um, visit the website. So that would hide that you yourself are visiting that website and make it seem like a different string of numbers was visiting it. I, I know that it's kind of nerdy and complicated, but um, to answer your question, it doesn't really do anything about tracking and advertising because um, they're, they're using a different technology to track you when it comes to advertising. Like when you, when you use a VPN, it's, it's hiding your activity from your internet provider. And, and that's, that's kind of a different issue. I see. Okay. Well, Victoria tweets, I absolutely care about tracking, especially for my kids. I'm off Facebook and Instagram and always try to adjust tracking when I go on a site. But given Twitter for work, WhatsApp for keeping in touch with international friends and ubiquitous Google use, there's no way to totally avoid sites and apps. What's the solution? Pay for use? Um, in some cases, there are applications asking you to pay, and, and that's fine. But um, I mean, I think that's a fair question because, like, like just to take a step back for a second, like a lot of companies, a lot of apps are moving away from being free. They're now asking for money. Like, I don't know if you've noticed the number of news sites, for example, that are asking for subscriptions now. And it's because third-party tracking is, is largely dead and they have to find different ways to make money. You know, so I think a simple solution for a lot of people is just to pay for the service, pay for the app. Um, but that kind of creates the question about, you know, what about the people who can't afford to? Right. It, it does, you know, raise the question about the digital divide that is deepening as a result of these privacy changes. The, the people who are going to have better privacy are going to be the ones who have more money. You know, that's something to think about, you know. It is. And it's what I was alluding to earlier in terms of small businesses, if they have to pay more to be able to advertise or do targeted advertising, uh, that's probably harder on them than, than bigger companies um, who can afford to pay whatever more it might cost to, to go into, say, Google or Amazon or pay for advertising there exactly. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely equity questions it raises. Guy writes, does using private browsing mode while shopping online prevent tracking? Um, not exactly. <laughs> I hate to say no to all, all these questions, but um, <laughs> like private, and this is how confusing privacy is on the internet. Isn't this such a great example? Like these questions, you know, it's like a private browser is mainly um, concealing what you're doing on the browser from anybody else using your device. Like, so let's say you share a computer, right? And, and multiple people use the browser. Like if you wanted to hide the fact that you're looking at like a wedding ring, for example, and you, you go into private mode, you know, you, your potential, you know, your future spouse might not see that you're looking at wedding rings. You know, it's helpful for, for stuff like that. But when it comes to, you know, being tracked on the internet, like cookies planted on websites that are looking at what you're doing to, to share that information with advertisers. Uh, private browsing, unfortunately, doesn't really do, any, do anything. Well, let me go to Seth in Menlo Park. Hi, I haven't heard any mention of tracking pixels. On a number of occasions, I've gone to web pages that had a PayPal logo at the top uh, right-hand corner of the screen because you could pay for the merchandise with PayPal. And as I watched the page load, I could see a PayPal URL flash across the status line at the bottom of the screen, 
because there was a tra- and, and I and I opened the page in a in a diagnostic mode and saw that there's a tracking pixel in the page. So anybody who visits this page, um, uh, PayPal captures their uh, their IP address, I suppose. Yeah, that's, tracking that's a, pixels. Yeah, point. thanks, Seth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I mentioned earlier that Facebook had been doing that for a long time. So any you know article that has like a Facebook like button, whether you clicked on the button or not, you know Facebook knew that you read this article about a certain topic, and that's how Facebook knew. You know they were tracking so much of what you were doing across the, the web using this pixel, you know the Facebook pixel, and sharing that with advertisers to do third party tracking and. Um, you know, enabling small businesses to advertise to you very cheaply. And that's, that was what was driving so much of Facebook's success. Well, Seth, thanks. And let me go to Brian in San Francisco. Hi, Brian. Uh, hello. I just uh, wanted to uh, comment uh, as I'm listening to this, this conversation. It's pretty funny. Uh, my phone was lighting up every time Google was mentioned. I have an Android <laughs> phone, so every time Google was mentioned. And, <laughs> and the funny thing is that the last Ooh. example about finding a cleaning service uh, actually, just initiated a whole search. So, yeah, I, I'm in the t- I'm in the tech industry. I'm in and online advertising, but I, I get it. It, it, it. It's a concern, but I just had to share that. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Brian, thanks for sharing that. Um, Brian, did Brian Chen? Did you have a reaction there? I mean, it, it's funny, and that that stuff does happen. Like you can accidentally trigger a virtual assistant, and it's happened a number of times to many of us. Um, but unfortunately, there are much easier ways to track what we're doing on the internet than <laughs> eavesdropping on all our conversations. Well, Ron writes, this, quote, tracking is why we don't pay to use all those apps and websites. And yes, that is a really big part of it. And as you were, I, you mentioned something, I think, a little earlier about the internet having to figure out how to pay for itself, how to pay for these services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm so glad that people are thinking about this because, you know, I think that a lot of people haven't thought about what the trade-off is. You know, like so far people have said like, oh, yay, like tracking is dying. Apple did this great thing for everybody. But what is the other side of the coin? You know, what is the trade-off when we no longer have tracking? You know, like something has to change. And what we're seeing is, unfortunately, a lot of prices are going up for things that we buy on the Internet. Um, I talked to a pastry shop that had to raise prices on pastries because they could no longer advertises easily. I talked to a cleaning company that raised prices on their cleaning packages because they're paying so much more for advertising because tracking no longer worked. Um, some of us are going to be okay with that. You know, Some of us are going to be, be happy to pay more for better privacy, but there are going to be people who can't afford to pay for these products anymore because you know tracking no longer works. So it's, it's really something philosophically that I think people should think about. Yeah. I want to know how you reconcile that, Brian? Oh, God, you know, I, it, it's a great question. I'm still processing the whole thing because like it, this article I wrote doesn't really make, you know, it doesn't have an opinion on what's going on, you know, or a prediction. It's too soon to tell if this is better, this is going to turn out better than how things used to be. It certainly seems less creepy, the tracking that's, that's happening now versus what things used to be. But um, I, I really don't know in terms of like, the digital divide and paying more if people are going to be happy about that. You know, like I'm personally okay with it because honestly, I, I have a stable income and I can afford to do it and I want better privacy. But I do feel for the people who don't 
have as, as much money and, and luxury to even care about these things, you know? And for the people who do really fall on the side of privacy and are maybe in a privileged position to be able to pay more for things as advertising gets more expensive for um, without third-party tracking, like what do you do to protect yourself given the, all the ways that we were talking about how hard it is to not be tracked? Uh, when it comes to third-party tracking, like, that's kind of out, on the way out the door. Like um, it's still happening, especially on uh, Google Chrome, because Chrome has yet to disable tracking. So like right now, if people are concerned about that type of tracking, they can simply stop using Chrome. They can use a different browser that blocks tracking by default. That Those include examples like Firefox and Apple Safari does, does it to a certain extent. Uh, when it comes to first party tracking, which is you know emerging as the prominent form uh, there's really nothing that people can do to opt out of it beyond not using services that they don't like. So I think people can just des- decide that for themselves. If, if they don't like what a certain company does with their data, they can just stop using that service. Well, Brian, thanks so much for talking with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being patient with me and my many analogies and examples. And let me read Steve's comment. I'm an internet professional who's been online since 1994. For all the talk of so-called personalization with first and or third party tracking, I have never once been served a relevant ad. (laughs) Brian Chen, personal tech columnist for the New York Times. His piece is you're still being tracked on the internet just in a different way. We'll have more after the break. This time we'll talk Twitter. Stay with us. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.